You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are also all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. You are listening to Absent Minded. Brought to you by Habs Eyes on the prize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. We are back. It's the European duo. It's the f- it's a fugitive. And you're not <laughs> a fugitive anymore, Hanton. You've just no, been exactly. to the dentist, so you're pinned down very well. How have you been doing? And congratulations oh, on the championship. Yeah, oh, that that's great. If we talk about soccer, uh, everything is flying right here, uh, right now. You kind of need something to pick you up uh, in the middle of November when it's cold and dark and windy and gray. Uh, it's wonderful to uh, be able to celebrate a, a soccer championship, especially when, you know, the Montreal Canadiens being a few years away from competing for real. Uh, they're doing quite well uh, competing in almost every game. But, you know, you see that uh, there are still some pieces missing and you're just two or three injuries away from um, being yeah, depleted and, and back to how it's been uh, last season and especially the season before that. And and we saw that last night. We're recording this on Friday afternoon in, in Europe. And we saw that last night in regards to uh, the game against Vegas, um, holding the lead for quite some time. But in the end, Vegas powered through with, you know, they're really, really good. And I know Matt wants to bash the refs a little bit, but mm. it is a very strong team. And that is the kind of team that I foresee uh, the, the uh, front office um, trying to build up here in, in, in Montreal. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that's why we're here today as well, to to talk about uh, the future of the Montreal Canadiens and see what European prospects can actually contribute down the line and and be part of this team in, in three to five years' time when this is supposed to um, be a, a championship contender. Um, so so let's get into it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're more or less a quarter into the season. The first national break has already been here in Europe. And uh, as Anton sort of let the cat out of the bag, we are talking European prospects. And Anton, you, you jumped in to help out with the EPR for a couple, for for one week, um, yep. which makes you extremely qualified nowadays. To, to... <laughs> not not as qualified as you, Patrick. Let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, we, we sort of divided this into three different tires, and and uh, looking at it, the first tire is. Uh, Kostenko, Gordon, and Nurmi. It's it's it is what it is in a, in a way. The bo- the bottom tier, yes. And, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, no, like... no, exactly. Yeah, Alexander Gordon uh, is he's twenty twenty two years of age right now. Um, 
it's it's a very we, we've spoken about this um in well, four years i think <laughs> exactly uh like it, it's difficult to see him ever uh you know transitioning into that legit canadians um sort of prospect even seeing him as a laval prospect would be you know to go a little bit too far uh we've seen the likes of arsen Khisamutinov uh, go uh, like similar paths and you know, he, he made it to the AHL, but didn't actually hold a place there. And Alexander Gordon, as we've spoken about before, he, he's got a wicked shot and not much else. So he's currently residing in the Russian second tier and he's doing as well as he probably should do. And you can easily see him being, you know, a power play specialist on a KHL team in a few years time. But uh, his skating is uh, not enough for the NHL. I think it, 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 if he should like if he should transition into something more, it probably would have already happened by now. Yeah, and talking about bringing him over to AHL, and it goes for all these three players. I think um, is that you will take up a roster spot for someone that probably is a better prospect. So, so yeah. why would you even sign them? Why would you even? take out that roster spot and contract spot uh, down the line. Very valuable things to have. And and I I see it with Kostenko. He's he's playing, you know, second division two and, and sometimes getting uh, a few shifts here and there, I think, at least from from in KHL. But he he still is is a slow player. He it mm. it seems like he has to think about everything. It doesn't come natural to him. It is like um Robert uh, Roger Federer having to think about how he, how to serve and how to hit his volley directly after, and, and yeah. that won't make any, you know, he wouldn't have been number one if he had to do that. It should just come natural. It should be uh, connected to his spine and his central nerve system, uh, which is something it isn't for for Kostenko, and and it's unfortunate. Uh, I think it was, a, a, I think all three picks really were smart picks at that level. But that they don't pan out, it's what you expect from from players at that, you know, picked in that range. Yeah, you have to you have to see where they were, like w- what they were when they were drafted. Dmitry Kostenko, obviously having a little higher pedigree, being drafted in the third round in 2021, but it was the COVID season. Uh, he had played in the VHL that season mostly, um, and the thought was that he was going to go up and play with the Spartak Moscow uh, team in the KHL the season after that. That did not happen. He's continued in the VHL. Then he got a full season in the KHL, but it was for Kundlun Red Star back uh, over in China. Um, 52 games there last season. Um, and, and you kind of hoped that that experience would propel him into a full-time KHL roster spot at least. But here we are and he's back in the VHL and has spent the entire season there. So um yeah it's it's difficult as you said you know having 50 roster spots it's it's difficult to uh, envision the Montreal Canadiens uh, just like if it was 5 or 6 years ago when the Canadiens had no prospect depth whatsoever they probably would have taken flyers on on just about anyone who had shown any kind of promise but um i think both for Kostenko and for the Canadiens um it doesn't really make much sense. We have a lot of um, uh, defensive depth, um, and and I cannot see him even, you know, being a kind of like top four AHL player um, uh, in the foreseeable future. And 
then you shouldn't really um, waste a roster spot on him. Then and then it's better to bring in an AHL veteran to to help um, just teach the young guys in Laval um, some manners and and some professionalism. Um, Along so, with yeah, the fact that yeah. you you have you know players coming over from Europe already that we know is going to need AHL time or or at least getting to play in AHL for a few games, which is Autumn Engstrom as an example. Uh, but and and maybe even Reinbacher to to a certain extent. I don't think Reinbacher will need it. But but you you got these players there. Then you have the players that is already there that might need you know roster spot as well. So bringing another player that just sits on the bench, you can get someone else to do that. And and that is the reason I have Nurmi in that tier as well, where it comes yep. to 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 the fact that you know he was worth a shot. His trajectory was positive. It has stagnated over the last two seasons. Um, I can't see them bringing over Nurmi. Um, he he has upside in certain areas of the game. His vision is good. His passing is good. But it's getting to those areas where he can utilize it that, that really have him struggle. It doesn't help that he's in Hopico, which is a team that struggles regularly anyway. So mm. so that's part of it. And And it's the same, but I, I foresee that, you know, they haven't done anything really to improve, to move on from that tier into the, the second tier where we have players like Volochin, Eriksson, uh, Knushkov and Kapanen. And and yeah. the interesting thing with that is like, there are three players there that is drafted from this summer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's a young tier, basically. But that's yeah. also that's also why we have more more faith in them, right? Because it's still anyone's like, as you said, with Petri Nurmi, he 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 looked quite um, well. He looked like he could be a little bit more than just a seventh round pick when he was drafted. But if you want someone to go from HBK, as you say, said like a, you know a smaller team in the, in Finland uh, which you know doesn't produce that many NHLers then you want him to really be a standout player for that team and really push for something more be a leader um in in more ways than um well both on the ice and off the ice and and these young guys at least they they have like Philip Eriksson, for example, has one assist in 17 games, um, zero goals for Vekwa, but at least it's for Vekwa. It's a, it's a good team in Sweden. Uh, it's the current champions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and and like just getting minutes for him at the age of 18, 19 um, is important, obviously. And, and um, he's getting to play internationally in CHL. He, he was on the uh, roster for, for the Five Nations Journey, uh, Junior Tournament yeah. in, in this past week. Uh, he's up there scratching, you know, to get climb higher, um, which is you you don't see Kostenko Gordan or me do that. No, exactly. And for Philip Eriksson, uh, having been having had a lot of injury problems, it's important for him to just get those minutes and and get back to uh, where because he was a big talent. Um, and Vekwe were, were really happy to get him. And then he kind of fell off the radar because of injuries. And and now just getting consistent minutes, even if it's not uh, in a big role, it's just important for him. Um, so, so you can see him turning into something more uh, down the line. And I think that Vekwe also sees it that way, that they want him to um, ease into uh, the tempo and, and ease into uh, an SHL role. And then you can kind of... Uh, developing him into something more than just fourth liner in uh, in the future, and obviously, it's great for the Canadians having his um, having his rights for four years because you can really uh, 
you can really see him develop ahead of bringing him over and just bringing him over for development camp and stuff and and then seeing what what you have in him yeah and i've I've been looking i was expecting ericsson to play this week but i haven't seen anywhere that he has played um Vecco is getting players back into the roster, uh, mm. which will mean uh, position for for Eriksson might be limited. I do think that he might that that he will play for the under twenty team at certain occasions, especially now leading up to the World Juniors, where he will need to to showcase himself and and maybe or especially against under twenty players in order mm. for him to showcase that you know I'm ready to take a big role on this team where. You know, it's a home tournament for Sweden. Um, we, we already have Lane Hudson coming in from the US. There are other players coming in as well. Um, Owen Beck for Canada, for sure. But it, it would be really, really nice to have uh, Ericsson there. And the only player I can see coming over from North America would be uh, Carlson in Anaheim. And, you know, mm. the question is if Anaheim will let him go. The one yeah. thing that... that stands out for me is that you know it's it's the home tournament you might want to let your 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 player go uh leo carlson amazing player but he's not he's not competing with with ericsson for the same roster spot either so it doesn't really matter for us if he comes or not it matters for me personally in regards to i want sweden to win but it doesn't matter for for montreal canadians you know development no and and it would be interesting if if um, if Vekwa get players back from injury and they send um, Philip uh, Philip down Philip Eriksson down to uh, to the J20 team to play a few games and just get some you know top line minutes with the J20 team, um, it wouldn't be the worst thing ahead of the World Juniors because obviously. As I said, you want him to be something more than a, a grinder in the future. You don't want him to be a fourth liner. Obviously, like now having uh, having received those minutes in the SHL, it should slow things down for him at the J20 level where he should be a, a dominant player. He was a dominant player already with a, a point-per-game player in the few games he played last season uh, for Vekwe Lakers in the J20 National. Uh, but now it should be even smoother for him. And then he can just uh, push the... Um, um, under twenty um, coach into giving him a big role on the team uh, if he if he actually makes the team so so like yeah it's it's great for him getting the SHL minutes but it's a different role when it comes to uh, a junior tournament uh, where he's supposed to be a more offensively gifted player so yeah um, it's it's all about getting the reps and and the minutes uh, for for him this season and and developing. Indeed, and one player that we're not sure is a grinder or a scorer yet is Oliver Kappen. And um, obviously, the national service and and being away for the full summer, doing something which I really respect a, a professional player do, um, getting into to his conscription his conscripted um, service, uh, especially with you know the situation in Europe and and Finland having such a long border with Russia, uh, yeah. But on on the other hand, it is clear now in hindsight that that was probably what slowed down Kappen and start of the season. Yeah, he he was unlucky as well. He had you know he he had a, a ridiculously low sh- shooting percentage in his first eight or ten games. But you know uh, the problem with Kappen is just that you you want him to like really be a leader on on his team now and. Um, 
now he's you know he's picked up his pace it will probably end up being a quite decent season in the end once you look at it like from a, from a full perspective it was just a little bit worrying when his season got off to a, such a rocky start because mm-hmm. you he was a 0.5 per point per game player last season you wanted him to really um contribute and maybe be up there at you know 40 points in 55 games or something this year um he's now coming up to that standard where he was last year so like if he can push on from that and as you said you you, i can imagine i've not done the military service myself but i can imagine that it kind of slows you down it's a different kind of uh, it's a different kind of training you do there and and a kind of it's not focused on your athleticism obviously it's it's more about strength and and uh, persistence so so he should become better the longer the season uh, goes on really when when he really gets into the um uh well you know the pace and and his role and everything um I, I still think that we've seen Jesse Ullinen, for example, struggle uh, from time to time in the in the Liga, um, and he's still been a massive contributor for um, for uh, the Laval Rocket, especially. And he had two goals last night, so he will be an NHL player uh, for real. He's had that kind of Jake Evans development, so um, I think that Kapanen could end up being something similar for for the Canadians in the future if his development continues. He's still only twenty years old. Yeah, and, um, and so if he was really born like what two weeks later, he would have been in in the, the next year's draft. More exactly, or less, like. exactly. So, so we, I I don't think we should write him off. I think that De- definitely he, not. And I think no. he he will need AHL time. That's for sure. Yes, but question, he will get it. Yeah, uh, like I I I've, this I've, is the contract like, you signed. Exactly, exactly. So, so, so like, I, I imagine him, we see Riley Kidney, for example, they will always be kind of tiered together because they were uh, selected with back-to-back picks, kind of like Luke Tuck and John Mishak. Um, so you see Riley Kidney now being a utterly dominant player in the EQ uh, last season and the season before that, and he's kind of struggling to pick up his pace in the AHL. is normal for, for some players. Everyone can't be Joshua Roy. So Oliver Kapanen just, you know, playing in one of the big leagues in Europe and and doing that, it, it should really um, get him accustomed to playing um, playing in the AHL down the line and, and being that kind of middle six center who uh, who can make his uh, make his line mates, um, you know, well, well, you know, being a reliable player for the Laval team, hopefully as soon as next season. Indeed, and and crossing that long border with Finland into Russia, Volochin is such an interesting goalie prospect. The only problem for me with Volochin and and Urga is and Urga's junior team is really uh, the other goalkeeper who is also an outstanding prospect, and I forgot his name right now, and I'm sure you have it somewhere, Anton. But yeah, I was but... gonna I was gonna find it, Mamonti <laughs> Yogori. Yeah, but it's it's. Because they are sharing the duties, and he's a year younger, so he's getting a little bit more of the duties. But whenever Volochin plays, he's getting, he, he's performing at a high level for being in the junior hockey league, uh, where you, we all know that defense is uh, kind of optional, and uh, goalies can be hung out to dry. I'm really, really impressed with the numbers. I haven't been able to catch many games. I've catched a few highlights, to be honest. But he he looks like he's progressing the whole time through, and I think that is the important thing. And you know, we look at all three uh, goalies. What is it? Fowler, uh, Volochin, and and uh, Miller. Yeah, yeah, Miller has all you know 
after the draft, they've taken those steps that we wanted them to. And 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 Wolochen is doing that. Uh, question is, where will he go to next year? Because next year is VHL time or, or KHL time, really. I expect him to go to a VHL team and, and, and continue his development there. Um, the situation in Europe, and, and not to go into to all the political stuff, means that there will be bigger or more opportunities in KHL, though. So, so it might be worth looking into that or at least getting a few games into to KHL. And someone who is really playing well in in uh, KHL is Kunushkov. And yeah, it's I'm just worried. And it's my own fault to a degree because I see so many similarities between him and Matthias Norlander. And let's be honest, Matthias Norlander hasn't really impressed since he came over to. He Europe. impressed. Yeah. He impressed in the preseason this year. I I think that it kind of. I'm still a little bit worried about Matthias Norlander's uh, mental aspect, like that that he. I don't know how it is for him when things don't go really his way, and I think that he was hoping that he would beat out Justin Barron for that seventh spot on the Canadians this year. Uh, he he obviously did enough in preseason to actually. Uh, cement his spot but I think the Canadians thought that it's better for him to have a big role in Laval a young Laval team where he's already been for a season um, and then it's kind of not worked out in, in Laval now for uh, for the uh, start of the season but you know down the line maybe you could see a, a pairing of Bogdan Konyushkov and Matthias Norlander in Laval oh, that would you, be you, something you, you mean like wingers right Oh well, no. I mean, it's uh, all all out attack. You know, the three three attacking forwards, two attacking defensemen, and just a goalie to pick up the slack. Uh, that's when you pull the goalie. <laughs> mm, exactly, exactly. You do a six against. Uh, well, you you pull the goalie, and then you bring Mayu in as the third defenseman. And jokes aside, though, uh, I'm really impressed with the minutes that he's getting. Uh, it also speaks a little bit to to how watered out the the KHL has been. Uh, he is uh, struggling a little bit in his defensive zone. He's uh, on the shorter side. He's not six feet. Um, he is not, you know, he weighs as much as, uh, you know, a wet towel. But mm. in in he has the skills, just yeah. like Matthias Norlinder had a couple of years ago. Um, he signed a new contract with Torpedo and he will continue to play there for the foreseeable future which means that when or if he comes over he is is going to be a very much developed player already yeah he should be um... and, and the question is because the difference between playing KHL and playing NHL or AHL is massive so yeah. can he make that jump properly? And in regards to what we have seen with uh, Philip Ruberg as another example with these uh, high offensive puck-moving defenders from Europe, uh, along with Matthias Norlinder and a couple of others, I'm not sure that he is that prospect that we might want him to be. Is he the new Norlinder, the one where we uh, this is the player we don't really have? But this time we have it. Compared to a couple of years ago when Norlander was ranked third and fourth in 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 the top twenty five hundred twenty five, yeah, I mean, if we look at another uh, smaller def- defensive all out attack prospect, Lane Hudson is probably easier to um, easier to just 
look at and see what his development will be. Um, because with Konyushkov, I, I really like him. He's an exciting prospect. It's funnier to it's more fun to watch Konyushkov than, than to watch someone like Petri Nurmi. Um yeah, of course he's a yes. player up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So so it's just like it can be a boomer bust, obviously, but you know, just getting a big role on a KHL team. We know the KHL is not what it used to be. It's kind of difficult to know exactly where they are in in terms of quality. Uh, but we also know that KHL teams regularly want to shelter their um, their defensemen. Uh, obviously, Alexander Romanov was on a stacked CSKA team. Um, Playing for Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod is maybe not the same, but he's still, you know, one of the um, w- one of the defensemen getting the most minutes on that team consistently. So mm-hmm. yes, there are a few um, a few things that he will need to improve upon. Uh, his play in defensive zone, you know, bulk up a little bit, absolutely. But there, there's also a reason why he was passed over in previous drafts. He's an overager. Um, and, and that's what I I draw the parallel yeah. with 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 Norlander as Norlander, well. Norlander, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but but just seeing him, you know, getting these, um, getting so much playing time is great, you know. Uh, and and it's you're in it for the long uh, run with Konyushkov. If he develops into someone who can uh, produce, you know, 40, 45 points like Chris Weidman did in the KHL, um, at least you will have someone with um, potential. Well, who, who you can potentially trade? Um, if, yeah, you if can you recuperate see... that, that that draft pick or or move up a, a tier in the draft. So, so you for get, sure, and and that's worth a lot. Um, if if you if you end up having a Lane Hudson on your team already, and you establish mm-hmm. maybe you have a Logan Mayu as well, and you establish that well, we don't we we can't have another offensive defenseman uh, with you know flawed defense. Then great, just you know, like ask one of the other teams um, missing that kind of aspect from their defensive core, um, and you could probably recuperate, as you said, a, a draft pick from it. Just a quick commercial break, so please lower the volume in order to stay on the road, stay on the pavement, and not jump on to the train tracks if you're going for a underground commute. One player that I don't think gets enough credit in Montreal media at the moment. Because he went the opposite way. He went from North America, bet on himself on a really, really good team with a very good coach coming back into Switzerland. To Is Rika Grambar still there? No, he's in Tappara. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but uh, I think the, the fact that, you know, Vincent's Roar grabbing with both hands the opportunity in Zurich when Andrigetto and Malden uh, getting uh, Malgin. Uh, getting the 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 injuries that they got, you know, he took it by with both hands, grabbed the ball, tossed it around a little bit, made sure that he planted his feet steady, and said, "Okay, push me away from this." And and they can't really because the way he's playing is really really good. He's obviously in the shadow of David Reinbacher in 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 in, in this tire and and in general in Swiss league, mm-hmm. but but he deserves a lot more credit than he gets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's interesting if you look at him at elite prospects. For example, Roar still has all of the teams next to his name, like uh, the Lions in the National League, which is the top tier, uh, the GC Kusnacht Lions in the second tier, and the GCK Lions under twenty team in the under twenty league in in Switzerland, because. Even elite prospects weren't sure where he was going to play. He was kind of on the borderline. And then he's just maintained a spot on the CSC 
ZSC Lions, I guess you would say it, uh, in in the top tier, and it's just uh, he plays, and and I think like from the start of of when they drafted Vincent Roger, um, yes, he's a little bit undersized, but he plays much bigger than than his um, uh, body size would suggest. He's a feisty player. He's an energetic player. He's the kind of guy that I can imagine um, will, if he continues to develop, he can push for that kind of spot that uh, Rafael Harvey Pinar has on the team um, right now, for example. That kind of... Um, that kind of winger who gives you uh, an all-out effort every night and makes his linemates better uh, because he just competes, um, you know, fiercelessly every night. And he just he, he goes into board battles with players much bigger than himself. He doesn't shy away from anything. And then he can add a little bit of a scoring touch as well. So uh, Rohr did really well with the Ottawa 67s. Uh, we know that he's a good friend of uh, Marco Rossi, who also played for the uh, Ottawa 67s um, before him. Um, and he, uh, you know, he he's an exciting prospect to get in the third round. I thought, I think it was when, when and, he was drafted. Yeah. And and playing yeah. with the national team this uh, this past week, um, I think he he actually did. Uh, he he didn't score. Um, Austria fell in in all games, if I remember correctly. But you know, he's there. He he's pushing for that international spot as well. Well, I obviously know. you should. If you're from Austria and you, you can actually <laughs> skate, you should be on the national team. Uh, we also know that Mark Crawford is very high on him and, and likes yeah. him a lot, uh, describes him as a player that always comes in to compete. And and uh, that's what we see. Um, I, I just want to say, like, it feels like Vincent Rohrer feels like the typical player that old school hockey guys like mm-hmm. Mark Crawford would love because, you know, you get into the locker room and you see this like small, like 5'10 guy uh, and just like, well, he's too young to make this team. And then you get out on the ice and he doesn't shy away from anything, kind of like a, a young Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. Um, and then just like, well, I can't take this guy off because he's just like, he plays much bigger than, than yeah. you would expect. And like, it just feels like that old school hockey mentality where you're just like, oh, like, I love this. You can send him out for 12 minutes a game and he's just like a pit bull out there. And, and those 12 minutes will be 100%, 100% of the time. Uh, yeah. uh, we're going to cut Weinbacher a little bit short because obviously he hasn't played a lot, but he is the top prospect in Europe. Uh, one player that a lot of people expected a lot more from, and we're, we we need to make this short, Anton, is mm. Adam Engstrom. Uh, Rögle has obviously struggled completely there in the 13th spot uh, in a four, uh, four, 12th spot in a 14 league and just four points off from 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 being in the relegation zone right now yep uh, but the good thing is he has to learn to play defense this year the the, the bad thing is that you know Rugley is loading up on all possible offensive minded defenders so his his time on ice is dropping a little bit yeah, yeah, it, it kind of feels like uh, Regler obviously had a bad season last year, and they were kind of expected to bounce back this season. Obviously, Autumn Engstrom were was one of the few bright spots on the team last season, but I don't think that the the team of brothers Cam and and uh, Chris Abbott to run Regler uh, as head coach and and uh, GM. Um, I don't think that they 
see it as an opportunity to have another failed season because then questions will start to be raised uh, about uh, the job that they actually do there. They've done a great job um, for the last five years or so. Uh, but, but you know, if you see regular plummet down the table once again after being tipped, uh, after being expected to compete for, uh, you know, the title uh, or at least being in the playoffs, then, you know... It's kind of difficult. Like, Automington will still be on the team, but if you get an opportunity to bring in a veteran presence who has impressed in the SHL before, they brought in Lucas Ekestol, for example. Um, they've had other players, Simon Reforce, who, who haven't been um, ex- performing as, as they should. And, yeah, that obviously... As you said, it's great for Adam Engstrom to be, to get a lot of <laughs> defensive minutes, but like you want him to play a two hundred foot game as a defenseman, and and it's kind of difficult when the team is not performing up to par. I, um, I, I want to just get in here, and point out to 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 the audience in North America that um, Bergley is sixth in uh, Corsi Four, they're fifth in Fenwick. But they're twelfth in PDO, and and it it sort of explains the season. Uh, the bounces are not getting uh, to the right uh, or, or going the right way for Regler, and it sort of has impacted the the season for for Montreal uh, or for the prospect of Montreal, Adam Engstrom. I think it's it's safe to say though that Regler will improve with those underlying numbers. They will climb the table. It is a very even play, uh, table. I think it's 12 points or, or 14 points up to the top spot already. So um, it, everyone is beating each other and hopefully um, Regler will be able to to um, climb that ladder and get into... I'm sure they will get into the playoffs sooner rather than later. But mm-hmm. um, we saw Adam Engstrom yesterday, two smart assists on Thursday night against... Uh, Local rivals, more or less, uh, Hove 71, um, who is also competing to get out of that uh, possible relegation spot. I like the fact that Engstrom is getting the defensive minute. I don't like that they're bringing in players uh, that that are not sound defensively to maybe help Bottom Engstrom facilitate that offense. I think it's very good that he gets the education on defense but I still want him to shine offensively. He he got a chance last night. He's playing around 18 to 22 minutes, depending on the game and depending on this usage. But but it, it is an educational year and you can sort of expect a sophomore slump. But Autumn Engstrom is also that kind of player that wants to drive on. And uh, I foresee that no matter what they do and who they bring in, uh, they, they, there is this chance that... Uh, Engstrom will, uh, much like Rohr, grab the bull by the horns and say, you know, I'm standing here, try to get me off this spot. Yeah, we have to we have to remember that. Like last season, when he actually, when he left Yulgården to go to Rögle, the thought was that he would, you know, start in the under-20s and, you know, work his way up. And as you said, he grabbed the bull by, by its horns. And once he was on the... 
um, on one of the defensive pairings, he he wouldn't let go of it. So it's a good thing for a young player to learn as well that when um, when the going gets tough and the situation calls for it, a GM will always or at, especially a board uh, not looking at the Corsi Four and Fenwick and all that stuff. They just see results. They want to bring in a few more established players to get them out or like dig them out of the hole. And it's important for a young player then to show that, well, I'm here and I'm not going to move. I'm just going to up my game and, and remain in this position. Yeah, and um, we're mentioning Viljan and Kalpa, especially are, are two players that I um, are not very strong, uh, have strong feelings for defensively. I think Viljanen is one of the players that might leave Rugla during the season um, because of his play. He's coming from Finland, hasn't really impressed and it wouldn't surprise me if he goes back to Finland. He also takes up one of the spots that Adam Engstrom could use on the second power play unit at the moment. Mm. Uh, uh, Gregoire is also one of those players that I think hasn't really done what was expected from him. The transition from Liga into SHL sometimes looks as, as huge of a gap as AHL to, to, to NHL. Mm. Yeah. And and you have to remember as well, like uh, there are a limited amount of uh, um, non-EU roster spots as well. So if you bring in a North American, you want him to really lead your team. And Thomas Grégoire having seven points in 17 games this season after being almost a point-per-game player in, in Luco in Liga last season, you, you pro- probably pay him a lot of money and, and you want to see more, uh, more production for that uh, value. Yeah, I mean, like getting some, you know, old school type of AHL player coming here, taking roster spots from Swedes. Oh, how dangerous it could be. I'm only <laughs> joking, guys. But yeah. there are a few comments of that, you know, uh, stay in Europe or, or bring them over early. Um, th- there are a lot of different things. But Arne Engstrom is progressing. Unfortunately, we had the injury to David Reinbacher, which makes his season sort of, you know lacking for results yeah. but uh, and and he will go on the ice in about three hours time uh, so so we're looking forward to that he will have a full week of, of of training with him he looked a little bit rusty coming back he had some defensive errors uh, a little bit too confident with the puck or a little bit slow getting rid of it uh, what would can you what those kind of mistakes you can expect from a young player especially coming back from a injury down the line it's fun though like with a david reinbacher um he's obviously in that Caden and spectrum of, of a defensive prospect where he kind of he's so reliable that you don't worry as much when he gets injured that he's gonna struggle when, once he gets back into the game because compared to these other defensive prospects which we have compared today where we have talked about konyushkov we've talked about engstrom and we've mixed norlinder in there um who are more those kind of flashy defensemen where you kind of like, well, you get a lot of offense. Uh, can they work on their defense to kind of, you know, be, be that, uh, well, someone you can put anywhere down the lineup. 
a guy like Reinbacher is just like, well, he's not the flashiest pick, but he's probably going to be someone who you can rely on for, for 22, 24, 25 minutes a night. So it will just, just be fun solid. to see him play. Exactly. Solid all over. And and that's not a bad thing. Like we see that with Caden Gooley. Caden Gooley is uh, like hands down the best defenseman on the Canadians right now. And he's only, what, 21 years old. Um, so so if you get can get someone who's solid all over and can contribute in in all aspects of the game that's what you want really jordan harris is another one who's kind of like underappreciated in that way that he doesn't have those qualities standing out like if you look at reinbacher and Gooley compared to harris obviously they're much more imposing physically uh but jordan harris is also a player who's just like solid sort of solid you can play him on the first pairing you can play him on the third pairing sort of like brett kulak when he was on the canadian so uh, not comparing all of them, but it's just like Reinbacher is just his floor is uh, so high already that you're kind of like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't help him being injured for a month or two. But I have no worries that he's going to get back into it and, and play a huge role on, on Clotin this year. No, for sure. I'm 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 really I'm I'm absolutely sure he will be. He was back on the first pairing more or less directly. Um, I spoke with Adam um, 10 days ago. And uh, just to mention, he's 187, uh, six foot two, 88 kilos. What would that be? 195 probably in, in pounds. 350 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he's not yeah. splitting ribbons in the yet, but he's getting there. Uh, but but yeah, Autumn is 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 one of those physical players. He can play physical. He just needs to adjust to do it in front of the net a little bit right now. Uh, he's working a lot on his positioning he's working a lot on his board battles these are the kind of things that we really asked norlander to do as well when when we saw him in the shl uh so so i don't like to compare players but there is a wide wide gap between comparing or, or when you compare norlander to engstrom because they're not even in the same ballpark so, so it's easier. You, you compared Konyushkov to a Norlander, for example, and that's a more fair comparison, right? Than yeah. like because it's an easy but also lazy comparison to uh, automatically assume that because Engström is an offensively gifted Swedish defenseman to just assume that he's a Matthias Norlander because they play the game in a different way. They play the game in a different way. They have uh, Matthias Norlander's offensive output is is way ahead of of. of of uh, Engstrom, but on the other hand, Engstrom has a very, very good offensive mind, but he also has a defensive mind that works mm. so much more than, than Matthias Norlander has ever done. So so completely different. Then you have the size difference as well. Uh, he's closer to Reinbacher in size than to, to yeah. Norlander in size. So you have that as well. I think it's it's... And he's he's also younger. Like when playing these SHL minutes at a younger age than than Norland Rabbit yeah. did. So so, which so is there important. is that as well. And uh, just to mention Norlander's old team Modo and and uh, Freund as well. Freund is struggling. is struggling and is is fourth in the in the table. Um, but Norlander's uh, hometown team or 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 first pro team Modo is just above uh, Rögle in the in the table and I, for, I I would assume they will continue to fall because they just been promoted if they can avoid the the relegation series I think they are happy with the season um, expectations now uh, looking forward towards the new year and and in December um, really you want to see Kapanen 
um, continue his development and continue putting pucks in the net, or at least uh, getting them to, to to other players, putting them in the net. Um, is there anything else you want to see Kapan and do? Uh, being a an overall leader on the team, uh, being like Kalpa, uh, being uh, you know, it, it's not one of the juggernauts in the uh in the Finnish Liga, but you want to see him just being an overall uh some someone taking the team to a good level. Uh, if he doesn't contribute with points, there is always the you know the leadership and and all of those aspects that he will need to carry over to Laval once he gets there and he comes from a hockey family he has a hockey pedigree and just continuing to to hold his head high and uh he, that's why i think it was a good good for him having that start to the season where when no pucks would go in in the net and and he kind of like bounced back from that it's important for a young player to learn that so um so the developmental wise i think that he uh, he's probably he will probably end up being just where he's supposed to be uh once we get to april um just that the way there is probably has not been as consistent as you would have expected uh coming from from last season which was quite impressive roar you 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 think he will get into you know uh one of the continue getting into the national team tournaments yeah. that are are coming up in uh, just before christmas Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Austria, as I was, as I half jokingly said, um, Austria doesn't have that many key players, uh, that many greats. Um, so Vincent Rohrer should be someone who could play the World Championships in in May uh, next year. Because, like, play if you play for the Lions in Zurich uh, for the entire season. You're kind of one of one of Austria's go-to guys. It doesn't matter that you're 19 years old. Um, so it's going to be fun to see if, uh, like, w- we don't know what's going to happen with David Reinbacher. Maybe, maybe the uh, the Canadians want to bring him over uh, to Laval at the end of the season already. Uh, but otherwise, it would be fun to see uh, both Rohrer and and Reinbacher on an Austrian team in the World Championships, or or like, um, yeah. Otherwise, just well, his graduation just... will probably be in June. So you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So pro- probably they will stay stay put uh, for the entire year then. And no, no, it's just great to. Uh, I I've said that before as well. I think it's great for those two guys to have uh, the proximity to each other as well. Um, both being Austrian, uh, being in the same age, being uh, you know drafted by the Canadians uh, one year apart. Um, I think they will have a lot of help from each other and in, in you know pushing each other to the limits. And and what about um, you know we we mentioned Ericsson we expect him to to at least challenge for the World Junior spot. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he is the last cup. To be honest, uh, yeah. Two two players though that are that we might struggle to to understand their development is Volochin and Konushkov uh, because of, of Russia being frozen out, yeah, for obvious reasons, but also because if they play with with the national team or or junior national teams, they are. Playing against Belarus, rubbish teams. Yes, yeah. rubbish teams. So, 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 you you're yeah, not getting that extra added depth of understanding their development just yet. 
No, watching the Russia under-20 team beat uh, Uzbekistan with the 20 to nothing doesn't really tell you anything about how they would fare against an AHL opponent or or even NHL opponent, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's kind of difficult to know if uh, we what we're saying about Konyushko, for example, being... Um, it's impressive that he plays those minutes at that age as a defenseman in a um in a veteran savvy league as the KHL. That's what we knew from before the war, obviously. Like we it's di- it more difficult. Let's yeah, of course, but but it's still difficult now. It's more difficult now for the KHL teams to bring in the uh veterans from other leagues because you can't really like uh, if if you go to the Russian league through the KHL, uh, you're you're kind of a pariah for a lot of other teams in Europe after that. So and and also you're you're a pariah for 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 your national team coming up. Exactly. So so, so which, so it, which it means that on, on on a few different levels in order for for North Americans to understand. Yeah. So so obviously I hope that Bogdan Konyushkov is playing. Uh, you know, heavy minutes for Torpedo because he's a good player, a um, good player compared to other leagues as well. Uh, and I hope it's not just because, well, he was the only one we could get here. <laughs> he's the best of the rest, uh, so to say. Uh, but yeah, his his development and Volokhin's development ha- have been impressive, especially like we, we have two other guys in the Russian league in Kostenko and, and Gordon. And if it was all down to the Russians and just getting them into the KHL uh, because no no foreigners would come there then obviously Gordon and Kostenko would be playing in the KHL yeah. as well so so if if that is a comparison obviously Volokhin playing still in the junior league but he's just 18 and he has an impressive uh, save percentage so Volokhin and Konyushkov I think they are um, guys to look forward to, uh, to to seeing more of we would like to um bat a little bit for for the omnipresent Matt Drake, uh, be it that he challenges the refs for their calls, for uh, telling everyone how great uh, Joshua Roy is, but especially for bringing us the bottom six minutes that has been a stable for my commute this season. Make sure to subscribe, and uh, I'm sure Matt and Jared will have something North American-wise soon. This absent-minded episode was brought to you by Bet Online.